I watched the opening I podcast. Bourgeois house in the Hollywood Hills. Get choked up watching that kid save that little rabbit. That's what it's all about, folks. Cable TV, we Keith Godstruck here, Last Dance podcast. Switched round and round till half past dawn. There was 57 channels and nothing on. 57 channels and nothing on. With uh, Springsteen back then with 57 channels. Uh, we thought that was uh, the revolution of a new way of entertaining ourselves to death. Now we have hundreds and hundreds of channels. Uh, kind of an allegorical song for what we're seeing. Most of um, most people don't want to face this. And uh, I don't take any great joy out of out of doing this you know this isn't for me i mean i was i was thinking um just a few minutes ago about you know using um <clears throat> pardon me using that song uh my intro which is the uh the david bowie freddie mercury song under pressure and i'm thinking how do you know when your when your podcast is successful it is kind of a joke it's uh when um when facebook let you know that there's been a copyright claim <clears throat> against your video. So I'll, I'll wait for that. But anyway, it's another beautiful, sweltering Sunday afternoon here in Pittsburgh. It feels like it's about 94 out there already, and it's only 1230. Uh, I have, I'd, I'd scheduled three things to talk about, and um, I don't know. I mean, some people said to me, you're going to talk about Greta. And I thought about talking about Greta, and I might I might do that next next time. Um, probably not going to be one next weekend because I'm going to be in Philadelphia. But um, it's interesting the number of people who are taking cheap shots at Greta Thunberg, who is sailing across the Atlantic on this um, super yacht. Now people are saying, well, she's using more carbon than if she had actually flown. You know, uh, you know the poor young lady can't win no matter what she does. And she'll be in uh, she'll be in New York, and um, I'll be in New York, but just kind of before that. So anyway, we'll we'll let that simmer for a bit. There's a couple things though. I'm gonna save save the one thing for last. You should know if you haven't, if you're not the one who does the grocery shopping, but if you are, you should know about how food is getting more expensive. Um, I hear a sign. <laughs> it's kind of weird. We have a, a volunteer fire department. Actually, we have we have, we have have several, and there's a giant tower with a siren that goes off every now and then. I don't know if you could hear that over the microphone. Anyway, so there's a um, some statistics out uh, from the Department of Agriculture, which I hope we could still trust. I don't know if they would have put these out if, um, if they didn't. They would have hid this stuff. But... Um, what they're telling telling us, the public, is that uh, farmers were not able to plant crops on more than 19.4 million acres this year, according to their report. That's the most prevalent plant acres reported since the Farm Service Agency began releasing the report in 2007, and 17.5 million acres more than reported at last time, at this time last year. As we, I think we've covered this before, but um, I think you can probably plan on seeing sharply higher food prices in uh, in the fall. And only 57%, by the way, of the corn, which is 
you know, corn is to America what potatoes were to the Irish. 57% of the corn is considered to be in good or excellent shape. The rest is, is less than. 8% of the spring wheat crop has been harvested so far, sharply below the 30% five-year average. <clears throat> this is a crisis, folks. Yields are going to be way down. Production is going to be way, way below initial expectations. Now, the article that I'm reading here points out that one year isn't going to break us, but this could be the beginning of a trend when you have so much of your, your farm area underwater. So pay careful attention to uh, prices of staples in the groceries, and we'll be following that here on this podcast, among other things. Let's go to this. USA Today had an article out. This was uh, three days ago. It's titled, From Not Having Kids to Battling Anxiety, Climate Change is Shaping Life Choices and Affecting Mental Health. And they talked to about a person. Revel Mast wanted to be an architect when she was a kid. She changed course in high school, deciding to pursue mechanical engineering to address the threat of climate change. But last year, she made the decision to go into politics. She quit her engineering job and went full-time in the political work to fight global warming. When I, when I read that, I get pretty much the same um, reaction as if I would hear a high school graduate right now telling me they're going to major in journalism. <laughs> there is no future in this. Anyway, at least USA Today says that uh, people are grappling with the idea that the disastrous conditions may appear as soon as 2040. And when you have USA saying, today saying that, you could pretty much count on 2035, which is what I've been saying. And we'll get to that. Um, they talked to a 19-year-old climate activist called, uh, named Faith Ward who works with Zero Hour, which is a group, which is a group that I'm, I'm trying to learn more about. And she it lives in Plantation, Florida, which is ground zero for a lot of the climate change that we're on right now. So she's wondering where she's going to fit in in the grand movement try and uh, stave off climate climate change and societal collapse and they had a um, an exercise there it, her little team was told to picture a place they considered sacred that is especially threatened by global warming while others pictured in the distant nature reserves she was picturing her hometown which i think is a good idea it's where you are it's where we are and i can go out and i could say i don't see the insects i used to see I'm lucky if I see an occasional bee. Uh, house flies are rare. The birds, the birds crap, or birds crap. They, of course, the birds crap, but I mean, the, the deer crap all over the lawn. And you would think we'd have tons of flies. We don't. I go out there and I'm very careful. Do the deer scat two-step in the backyard here. I'm worried about the deer, though. I'm worried that the deer are growing more numerous. We're seeing more uh, young deer and worried that in the winter either we're going to have starvation or we're going to have a lot of um, a lot more deer foraging in backyards for food it's not a good situation here but anyway i'm, I'm kind of digressing off um so they go into a little bit of this and i have this by the way i i have all these stories and where you'll find them is not on my blog i don't want to litter up the blog necessarily with um all the breaking news I usually take one story and I write an entire blog post about it. But um, for a lot of this, it's on Facebook 
and uh, you'll find it on a. It's actually on Facebook. It's called Approaching Oblivion. So, and I have a link. I have a link to that if you go to the um, my uh, page on uh, WordPress, my blog, uh, which is uh, also different. <laughs> I to get my crap together sometimes. I, I swear, but Facebook wouldn't let me change the name of Approaching Oblivion to Last Dance. So the blog is Last Dance. There, I'll put all of the links there. But anyway. But you'll find these these all there. And going down to the story here about, well, two things. This is a, a kind of a, of a badly written piece here, but that's the way journalism. Chris Belusek says his echo anxiety manifested mostly because of his kids' births. His son was born five years ago and his daughter three. She says it's been a wake-up call. And they're going to inherit a world that was not made for humans to thrive in, unfortunately. And he's uh, he lives in Burbank. He's been meeting with a group uh, called the Good Grief Network. And that's not a Charlie Brown fan club. Uh, it's a support group that is actually based in Nebraska for people to talk about their climate anxieties and has a 10-step model. I think that's taking it a little far, but whatever. Whatever works for people is, is, is what I say. So their goals of the Good Grief group is to make people confront the collective despair that is felt by those who feel the climate change is inevitable as well as to come together in community. And so if you have a group like that close to you and you feel the need to, um, to meet with other like-minded people, I don't, I don't know if uh, too many groups around. Maybe you could check Meetup. I've been looking to do that here, but I haven't because I don't work well in groups because I have borderline personality disorder. A lot of times it goes bad. I do blame myself for that. It is not they who have the issue it is it is me so i'm trying to spare people from having to de deal with my moodiness um but it talks about people you know changing the way they they drive they bike to work they do this they do that deciding not to have children british musician blythe pepino 33 created birth strike a group of people who have decided against having kids because of their concerns about the climate. She's also an activist with Extinction Rebellion. Uh, I don't know if this has caught on a lot. I have a guy I work with who just recently had, uh, he and his wife had their third child, and he believes pretty much everything that I believe in. And, and I said to him, I said, knowing all this, what was with the third kid? And he kind of looked down and you know, sort of said, well, I don't know, we just don't know if it's going to be for sure. I think to myself, no. That's not, and I can tell it's not your wife. And I don't understand. I, not being a guy, I don't understand baby rage. It's what a lot of women call them. I, I must have a baby. And I've tried with my personal friends not to, especially those who have children, literally at any age. I have friends of mine who have one going into college and one right behind in high school. And I don't, on one hand, I want to say to them, this is something you need to be aware of. On the other hand, I don't want to come across as saying your children in the future, they're doomed, we're all doomed. And yet, you know, in all the groups that I'm in, on, on Reddit, on Facebook, that are dealing with this, there's, there are no good answers other than either not say anything at all or be very aware of the view of the people you're talking to and maybe try and soft-pedal the approach. This is tough. This, this whole thing, this show, everything I am talking about, to swallow for people who are invested in a future with their children 
and I get I get really worked up over this because I I don't know what to do other than what I'm doing. This is this is not this is a calling. I'm not this is not going to be a monetized channel. This is not a podcast that I'm looking to make money off of. That doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Where we're going, money isn't going to mean that much. You know, I don't need to, you know, work up to being invited uh, to Good Morning America to talk about this. That's not what this is all about. This is a lot of work for me, and I do this all alone. This is just something I feel has, has to be done. And if I didn't do it, I couldn't live with my... <sighs> well, I think it's time to take a break, and we'll go to our last, our last piece right after this as I try, again, keep it short, because I have a tendency to talk too much. Oh, you noticed... I'm standing up in my beat. I just noticed I'm wearing my beat-up pirate shirt, Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm also not here to win a beauty contest. I'm sure you could tell that. Anyway, we're going to take a little break, listen to some Rush, get some water in me, and we'll come back with the last and kind of most important story, I think, today, because it's pretty much what we're all about here. Keith Godstruck, the podcast is Last Dance. Godstruck back with you here on the Last Dance podcast where we are talking about climate emergency, global climate change, collapse of civilizations and how we're going to deal with it. This song always reminds me of growing up. The school, I, I, I did not grow up in a suburb, I grew up in an exurb, but I, I went to school, high school, in one of Ohio's most suburban suburbia is Center, Ohio. And this song always reminds me of that and the lives that our youth were leading then compared to what they're leading now, which is actually, I think, a lot worse thanks to the technology. Anyway, so this morning this crosses my news roundup and it's it's a story, actually, that's that's not new. And I'm wondering, it, it ran in the Times. A prominent British social scientist has warned climate change will decimate life on Earth, and although the trend could theoretically be reversed, it will not be, because society is too dependent on the fossil fuels that we need to eliminate. The man's name is Meyer Hillman. He's a senior fellow emeritus at the University of Westminster's Policy Studies Institute. And these are things he told the Guardian newspaper. And I'm just going to read it straight. He says, we're doomed. The outcome is death, and it's the end of most life on the planet because we're so dependent on the burning of fossil fuels. There are no means of reversing the process, which is melting the polar ice caps, and very few appear to be prepared to say so. And this is true when this was written a year ago. 
and things have gotten rapidly a lot worse since this was written a year ago. The man is 86, born in northwest London, raised in a Jewish family. Um, he has been a social commentator for quite a, quite a long time. And um, down here, there are things that he has said that I have been saying for a while. Political parties focuses on jobs and GDP, depending on the burning of fossil fuels. Even if the world went zero carbon today, that would not save us because we've gone past the point of no return. And then he asks the question. We're talking about what is realistically possible knowing the human animal, the science of sociology and who we are, the human factor. And he said, can you see everyone in a democracy volunteering to give up flying? Can you see the majority of the population becoming vegan? Can you see the majority agreeing to restrict the size of their families? And this is what he said. And this, is, this is the whole, this is it in a nutshell. Hillman said that rather than try to be optimistic about the future, humanity should accept its impending doom as it may encourage us to seek what can be done to delay it similar to those suffering a terminal disease and the other part of that is to say what we should be doing now is focusing on things like music love education and happiness boy am i going to go off on a rant now um <laughs> i'm going to try and then he and then and then he has this, this basically says standing in the way of, of what we could do is capitalism can you imagine the global airline industry being dismantled when hundreds of new runways are being built right now all over the world? It's almost as if we're deliberately attempting to define nature. Um, no, actually, it's almost like we're, we're willfully pile-driving the planet and you know the humanity into extinction. But um, I know I'm going over time here, and I don't, I don't mean to, but um, it has to, what has to be said has to be said. Um, I, I can only speak for the first world, but I can only speak, I, I live in the United States, and people say, my God, look at, look at what all we have to amuse ourselves. Look at, we, as, as of now, we have food, we have enough of everything, we have more than what we need, and I would say, yes, that's true, but what we don't have is peace of mind. What we don't, what we don't have are, are healthy, enriching lives. We have a rat race. We have the suicide rates of our children, which are sharply rising. They've buried their heads in their phones because they have no one else to deal with at home because their parents are too busy working their jobs to pay for this lifestyle, which they are, have been told from their youngest years that they must obtain in order to be judged worthy of living. And people are killing themselves for their American lives. Their children are so... I mean, just... How many people work in jobs they hate? And you have people that go, well, that's what jobs are supposed to be. You're not supposed to lock your job. You're not supposed to be fun. And yet, and yet the media throws in our face people who have these kind of jobs. Oh, I can't believe I get paid to do this. Well, you can't have it both ways. Either everybody should have a job that is, is means that has meaning for them, or nobody should. You know, but if we complain, somehow, you know, we're not worthy to live in this country and work. Don't complain about anything. You live, in, you live in the greatest country on earth. Everything here is wonderful. It's just we're all killing ourselves. For what? Ladies and gentlemen, it's often said by, by a number of people in this movement that we need a revolution. And they keep asking people, what kind of revolution are you talking about? Are you talking about an actual armed revolution, which is probably futile at this stage? I would say we need a revolt against our own lifestyles. We need a revolt against something beeped. I think I know what it is. Hang on. Okay, we figured out what that was. <laughs> My battery on the on the camera died. All right.
My point is stop worrying so much about impressing your neighbors, impressing your bosses, keeping up with the Jones. I mean, there's a, what has been said is when you're on your deathbed, are you going to think to yourself, gee, I wish I would have spent more time at work. And I'm saying is now is the time with what time we have left before societal collapse, while everything around us still looks relatively normal, while we still have agency in our lives, understand that the connections you make with your family, with people around you, are so critically important. Understand that the connections you make with nature right now even if it means just walking in the local park and observing things that you don't normally look at. The flowers, the trees, the birds, the insects. The wonder of this creation, of this planet that was given to us. Do so. Take care of your families. Be a part of the lives of your children or of your relatives if you can. Try to, make, try to stop looking at friendships in our typical American way as being transactional. Stop looking, what, can I, what, what will this friendship do for my career, my status? No, find people that you can share meaningful things with. Even if it's just watching football on TV on Sunday, you don't want to go into this thing alone. You don't want to go into this thing without any support mechanism without people or without a, a mental mindset that's ready for it. I keep saying one of the things uh, was said right at the beginning of Woodstock, one of the organizers looked out at the crowd and said, if we're going to make it through this, you're going to have to remember that person on your left and right is your brother and sister. And I know this sounds all kinds of hippy-dippy bullshit, but just look at the way we're living now. I mean, really think about it. This is not the way. If you believe in God, is this the way God intended for us to live in? I see, I see growing numbers of homeless in the streets. I see a growing callousness and cruelty toward people in this country from their government, from the business community, even from organized religions. There's that old adage about be the change you wish to see in the world. And I know that sounds corny and trite to, to a lot of people and, and, and normally be me being the biggest cynic on earth. But even I'm starting to melt. We don't know how much time we have until things, until the shit really hits the fan. Our days are numbered, and that number is not known to us. But I think those of us could see it from here, and I think we have a responsibility to do what we can to make what's left a better society for everyone. I think that's probably a good place to end it for the day. I have to get worked up every now and then, you know? I mean, otherwise, it just isn't me. Anyway. Take care of yourselves. Check out the, the blog, the Facebook site. Start reading on your own. And there's a lot there to read. But don't get too immersed in it. If it's starting to ruin your life, back away. A little Bruce Coburn for you here. Midnight, it was bike tires whacking the potholes. Milling humans, shivering energy glows. 
because we never know when it's going to be the last night of the world, right? Fusing the spaces between them with barthrop bass and laughter. All right, like I said, I'm not going to be here next weekend. Keith Gottschalk here. Try and make it up as soon as I can. Yeah.